Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. All right, grab your seats. Uh, this morning, it's going to be more of a family chat catch up as opposed to a teaching and do you reckon you could stay up? Is that all right? Round of applause for Anthea. Hey guys, there from Fire Church and Dan oh. and Chelsea. We're not going to show that yet. I'm glad you're so keen. Glory to God. Um, hey, the band did a wonderful job, didn't they? We're so blessed. I have the privilege of uh, traveling to different places around the world to preach the gospel and experiencing different expressions of Christianity. And I always love coming back home because uh, for, for many reasons, but one of the reasons our worship team is just beautiful. So thank you, Eve, and all the team. Wonderful job. Let's give them one more big cheer. Ash, uh, thank you for touching on uh, the postal plebiscite for uh, the marriage vote. We want to protect the marriage, the current marriage act where marriage is between man and a woman. It's a, a no-brainer for a Christian if we follow the Word of God. Um, so we vote no to same-sex marriage. And uh, I want to encourage you, we're going to go deeper into the, uh, the why and how, but I just want to accent it again because it's so important. There is only four days left to register. Now, just to give you guys a heads up, I am registered, and yet we wanted to double check this week, my wife and I, and according to their system, I was not registered. So I want you to make sure you're double checking, make sure it's the right address, uh, so once again, I'm going to give you the website if you want to write it down. Uh, it's aec.gov.au slash enroll. Or you can call the ABS on 1-800, if you're not good with online stuff, 1-800-572-113. I'm going to say it one more time, 1-800-572-113. And keep an eye on our social media because we will be giving updates, and we will be making more of a, of a statement on the why, because for some, re, for some people, it is more of a complex issue, and so we want to give more of a reason of the why and the how in the coming weeks, so stay uh, tuned on, because it is a very, very important subject right now. So the website again is aec.gov dot au slash enroll okay all right glory to god i'm going to take you to a scripture to start off with hey they um doesn't that uh, married, uh, sorry, doesn't the uh, the course, the John Bevere course, Bait of Satan, look wonderful? That was a great promo. And it's going to start this Thursday. So I want to encourage you to get along to that. And it's going to be wonderful leading up to, of course, November. And we have our pre-awakening event. 
I want to take you to a scripture. Um, so you can go to the book of Acts. And you can go to chapter 6, verse 4. Acts chapter 6, verse 4. Just give us a shout out if you've got it. All right, beautiful. Glory to God. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to start back in verse 1. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint. Everyone say disciples multiplying. That's a good thing, right? When the church is growing, uh, when, when we see increase, when we see multiplication, it's a good thing, right? But what often follows when we have increase and multiplication? Let's have a look. There arose a complaint. Everyone say complaint. So often where there's increase... And particularly if we're reaching out to the lost and to the broken, we're going to have people with problems that are going to come in and there's going to be complaints uh, because there's always going to be birthing pains and the church is full of people that aren't perfect. Even though God is, the people aren't, right? So expect, everyone say, say to the person next to you, expect complaints. It's just normal, okay? So the disciples were multiplying and then there arose arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Everyone say, fair enough. Sometimes there are complaints that are fair enough. And so we need to be a people of wisdom to have the solution, yeah? So let's have a look at what took place next because they're Widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, by the way, the twelve apostles or the twelve disciples summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Acts chapter 6 verse 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. If possible, Greg, could I just have these lights down a little bit? It's very bright up here. By the way, if you didn't notice already, we've done some more upgrades on the auditorium with the lighting and the screens. And uh, Adrian Clark's done a lot of work, behind the scenes work. So let's thank him for that. And we've got more plans in the, and this it's a process. We're getting there with our budget, but it's looking great. So well done. But those lights are really bright. So if even just down a little bit more, that would be wonderful. Just these front ones here. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer to the ministry of the Word. Okay, so what's happening here is the 12 apostles, um, they're helping run the church, oversee the church. We see there's increase in the disciples. And so often 
we know there's what can happen is that there's an increase in problems and sometimes there can be an increase in complaints and even criticism, sometimes fair criticism, sometimes not. But whatever the case may be, it's important that the apostles and the leaders of the church understand what their role is and not get caught up in the complaints and caught up in duties that they should not be doing. And if we want to see the church grow, then we have to have leaders that understand their role and leaders that appoint and leaders that release and leaders that empower people to oversee various roles in the church. In days past, we would often see pastor-driven churches. And often churches would hold around 50 to 70 people and it would be expected that the pastor would just look after those 50 to 70 people. And you can see the mindsets in terms of a lot of the old school churches and even the buildings have limited vision to some degree. Often they've got prime land, but their building only holds 50, 70 people. Some of these more traditional churches, there's churches on every street corner in most towns, but small churches. And I believe a part of that small vision is because of the lack of understanding of the fivefold ministry and the apostolic. And we have pastor-driven churches. And often because of that old mindset, there can be expectations that the leader has to do everything. Now, that type of mindset was also creeping into the early church in Acts chapter 6. And we see the complaint and they take it to the apostles and there's the expectation that the apostles should make sure that the widows are getting the food and that everything's taking place. But the apostles, they understood what their prime role was. Firstly, their role is to appoint others to help manage genuine concern, help manage the distribution of the food, help manage the various things that take place in a church. This was the one example of the widows here, but there are many things that need to take place in a church community. If you're with me this morning, give us an amen. And their role was to do this, Acts 6.4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. I believe if we want to see a Holy Ghost movement, if we want to see Holy Spirit momentum, the leaders need to lock down and lock out often not get themselves caught up in the daily runnings of things and go deep into God. Go deep, lock down, lock out, get the gold, come back up and share it with everyone. That's what fivefold leaders need to do. Not everyone's called to the fivefold, but the ones that are need to make sure that they're disciplined. And it can be difficult sometimes because we have a spirit of compassion and we're moved with compassion. And so when we see the complaints, when we see the various issues and the various problems, the temptation can be to try and run around and fix everything. Now, you might even fix a few problems quicker than what others could, but in the long run, it's not good for the church because it's just going to stay the same. It's not going to grow and others aren't going to be empowered. So we need to be a people of prayer. 
and a people of word. That's the main prime role. And we can try to have human, we can try to manufacture a move of God in our human effort or we can lock down and lock out and that's what I need to do and a lot of our leaders need to do in the wider church. We want to see a holy, we want to see Holy Spirit momentum where God breathes on it, where we're pushing into Him, where we're seeking His face, where we're locking down in prayer and in fasting and in His Word. And so I ask the congregation to back the church and back leaders that do that and take ownership and take initiative and be proactive in your area and assist the leaders so that they can lock down and lock out and let's believe together for Holy Spirit momentum. Amen. I say that for a number of reasons. One is I'm continuing to try to teach the church about the importance of the fivefold. And two is I'm currently in a season of lockdown and lockout. I've put my head up for Sunday morning service because I hate, I don't like missing Sunday. Uh, my family and I have committed to Sundays. We just love church on Sunday, no matter what's happening. Even on our honeymoon, we're in church on Sunday, just because that's our personal conviction. We love it. And we'll never miss Sunday. We love the Lord's Day. So I say it for a few reasons. I'm currently in that season. And I ask that you pray for me because I'm really wanting to be disciplined, to go deep and not be distracted. And I want to come out with lots of gold to share with everybody over the next two to three weeks, okay? So keep me in prayer. And now I want to take us to Acts. You can stay in the book of Acts. Man, we've got so many great things coming up. As I said, today's more about of a family chat. Going to catch up with some things. I've got about four or five people that I want want you to hear from today because we've got extraordinary things taking place at the moment. It is just, it's magnificent. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Let's go there now. I'm going to touch on the fivefold. This is kind of our teaching. You can grab this, study it out for yourself. Everyone say apostolic, fivefold. And let's say reformation. As I said before, in times past, we have had pastor-driven churches because that's just where we've been at in a mindset. But God's bringing reformation. What does that mean? He's reforming what should have already been, what really already is. He's bringing us back to the way it was in the book of Acts. And really, we should be doing even greater because that's the foundation and we should be growing even further. But God's bringing reformation because He wants His church mature. So Acts chapter, sorry, Ephesians 4. I'm confused because I've got something else in my head with Acts. I want to do, want to punch back there in a moment. But yeah, let's go to Ephesians 4.
I might push back to eight, verse eight. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Everyone say gifts. By the way, that's not uh, gender specific. It's uh, men and women alike. Now this he, and now this, he ascended. What does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. What on earth does that mean? Maybe some of you are thinking. Um, you know, Jesus died on the cross. I'm going to give you a quick explanation for that. Jesus died on the cross and he rose again on the what day? Third day. What happened? What, what took place in those three days? I believe here we see a key. We see uh, some information on what took place. It said that he first descended. What did he do when he descended? He went into Hades. Hades is a waiting place. Hell is actually the lake of fire, which is the, the second death again. And you can read about that in Revelation. And by the way, it's a place of continual torment. It's not a place of annihilation. You, you're, a, you're made of spirit matter. You're a spirit being and you're made in the image of God and you're going to live forever. And it's your choice whether you live with God or live separate from God. If you choose to live separate from God and His love and His way, then the lake of fire is the ultimate destination and you don't want to go there. Don't go to hell. It's a place of continual torment forever and ever. That's not me saying that. The Bible says that. Jesus descended into Hades and also into the bosom of Abraham, which you can read about, this waiting place for the saints, for the people of God, the people of faith. They couldn't abide in the third heaven in the Old Testament because Jesus hadn't yet come and shed His blood. Heaven's perfect and they weren't yet because Jesus hadn't, come, been, hadn't hung on the cross. His blood hadn't yet been shed for the remission or the removal of sin. Their hearts, their spirits were not yet born again. So there's a waiting place, the people of faith in the bosom of Abraham. And there's some description in the, in the New Testament where it talks about this waiting place. The bosom of Abraham was, was in the same vicinity, in the same place as, as the place of torment, Hades. So much so they could see one another. And so it says Jesus descended. I believe He descended into the bosom of Abraham and also made declaration and preached. Now some have misunderstood that where it says He preached. He didn't preach to convert. He declared that it is finished. He declared and He took back the keys of sin and death. And He said to those in, in Hades, it is finished. He said to Satan and all his Goons, all the fallen angels, all the demons from hell and everyone else that rebelled against God and brought destruction. He declared it's finished and he took back the keys of sin and death. And then right in front of them, he led those that were in captivity, those that are in the waiting place. He led those out of the bosom of Abraham. And he ascended on high because now the blood's been shed. And it's like on the mercy seat. 
And now they can be born again. And now because of the blood, there is now no separation. And now they can abide in the third heaven with their Father. Isn't that beautiful? That's good news. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. And so now in the new covenant, it says when we're absent from the body, there's no waiting place now. There's no bosom of Abraham. It's not necessary anymore. Because now when we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. For those that are born again, those that have had their spirit regenerated, made brand new for those that are new creation, new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so now we can abide. Heaven's perfect. Amen. He loves us so much. And that's why He's desperate to see us born again. Because He doesn't want anyone. He doesn't want anyone in Hades. He doesn't want anyone in hell. It wasn't created for us. But it's our choice. Amen. So that's what this particular passage is talking about here and it's really interesting because the very first thing that he did so the first thing he did was descend and then when he ascended the next thing he did and this shows you how important the church is we need to remind each other of this sometimes church is not our idea it's not a man-made thing yes we can turn it into man-made religion that's void from the power and void from the way it should be but Ultimately, the church is God's idea. Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, meaning himself, I will build my church. He didn't say, Peter, I'm going to build your church. He didn't say, what a great idea that you've got there, Peter. No, he said, I will build my church. It's his church. He's the head of the church. He's the chief cornerstone. We're just the living stones. We just get to help him manage it. We're a part of the church, but ultimately, he's the head of the church. Amen. And it's really interesting, the first, the second thing that he did was think about the church. He loved the church so much so that he gave gifts unto men. What for? For the men? No, for the church. Let's have a read about those gifts. This is actually starting to turn into a bit of a preach. I can't help myself sometimes. Jesus is king. When I start reading his word, I just... The Holy Spirit just starts to fire me up and I can't help but preach and teach His Word. I love it. Verse 10, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that He might fill all things. And He Himself gave some to be apostles. Everyone say some. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints... Who are the saints? Us. If you're from a Catholic background, you might not understand that fully, but a biblical saint is just a born-again Christian. We're all saints. When Paul addressed the church, he, he, he wrote to the saints. We're all saints. And so here we see that the job of the fivefold is to equip the saints for the work. Everyone say work. The work of the ministry. So right there, that shows you that the pastor's job is not to do all the work. The pastor's job is to equip the saints 
to do the work. If we get a hold of that and we realize it's not about one man or the man of the hour of power like we used to kind of think, but rather it's about that man that does seem to carry an anointing and teaching and equipping the church that it's Christ in all of us. And we've all got a role to play. And we've all got to do the work of the ministry. If we're really going to see revival, if we're going to see the church mature and strong, then we need to get a hold of that. Because this is not church, although it's a very important aspect of it and facet of it. It's not the full definition of church. This is one part. This is like what I term the celebration part, where we, where we all come in on the Sunday and celebrate. But it's like two hours on a Sunday, man. Church is every day. And there's a pulpit in your workplace. There's a pulpit in your family. There's a pulpit on every street corner. There's someone to disciple. There's someone to reach out to every day. There's people that you're going to reach that I can't and vice versa. Amen. Glory to God. More God. Everyone say, more God. More God. All right, so we need to see apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers equipping the saints. If we're going to see maturity, if we're going to see the, have the full understanding of what church should look like, we need all of those offices or gifts functioning. For the equipping, or another way to describe that is the building up of the saints. Wife, so that they know who they are, so they can go about and fulfill the destiny on their life in various places. And for the edifying of the body of Christ. How long, how long do we need apostles for? How, I thought apostles, I thought once they were dead, that was it. There's only 12. There's more than 12, man. Even from a biblical point of view, there's, it's, there's, it's clear that there's more than 12. Judas betrayed. Matthias comes along. He replaces Judas. That's 13. And then we see Barnabas and Paul, who weren't in the original 12, that clearly are noted as being apostles. So that's 13, 14, 15. So that blows out your theory that there's only 12. And I can go further. So how long do we need these five-fold operations in place, how long are we just going to think that it's just a pastor that leads the church? When are we going to get a hold of these truths and realize this is so vital if we're going to be mature, if we're going to be equipped, if we're going to see this great harvest that we all know is on the cusp, is right here, is, is now. And that just lines up with Ash's prophetic word, Ashley's prophetic word. By the way, Ashley Clark's going to be preaching soon too, so stay tuned for that. We've got a lot coming up in the coming months. Verse 13 says, how long, so how long, why do we need this? How long do we need it for? Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of faith. Are we there yet? If you've been around for a while, you know we're not there yet. 
we're getting there. I like to be optimistic, not pessimistic. Like I know we've got problems, but we're getting there. It's getting better. And if we get a hold of it, the truth, we can help bring real unity. And I know personally from dealing with various leaders in various places around Awakening Australia, I know I can promise you without a shadow of doubt we're getting there. We have got denominations that have never partnered with any move like this that have all of a sudden agreed. I've been sitting in executive meetings and watching the whole meeting change, watching their initial outlook change as they sense the Holy Spirit on what God's doing in this hour and agreeing to partner with other denominations and choosing to put their secondary differences aside to say we want to put our primary our primary love first Jesus the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because that's what it's going to be like in heaven we're not going to have all these broken up divisions in heaven and for you guys that don't like mega churches I'm sorry, it's going to be a mega church in heaven. It's mega, it's massive, and it's people from all different tribes and tongues coming together and glorifying the name of Jesus. Amen? Jesus. What happened? What happened? Jesus happened, amen? Glory to God. Man, there are so many amazing things happening. I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on too. More terrorism. More terrorism took place. Finland got hit for the first time. Islamic terrorism. It's a bad religion. Man, I hope the moderate Muslims realize that a good tree can't bear bad fruit and realize they've got the wrong tree. Jesus said, you'll know them by the fruit. You'll know a prophet. Muhammad's fruit is not good. I believe we're going to see a great harvest of Muslims, man. Because a lot of them genuinely want God. But they need the church to rise up and show them the real God. We need to pray. You know, there's been... The church is so blind and so dumbed down sometimes. And the world is too. The Bible says that the devil blindfolds the eyes of the unbeliever. Do you know there's been over 31,000 Islamic terrorist attacks since 9-11. But because it's broken up, we forget. And then we forget the next one. We think it's not that bad. And then the human nature is so bizarre sometimes. 31,000 attacks. We need to pray and believe and reach out to the Muslims and love the Muslims. Love the hell out of them. Amen? While I'm on this subject, I just need to put a, just put a little comma and just share a quick testimony. Who knows, Max and Jan Strobeck. Um, key leaders in our movement. They help oversee our church plants and various works that take place internationally. 
while most of us were sleeping at 2 a.m. on Friday. They were up working with a team that we have on the ground in Pakistan. And they were preaching via Skype and via a big screen and via a PA system that was brought in by this team. We do this often. We don't often share about it publicly. But I feel to this time. And they they, uh, led the way with this. And they were up, both of them together, husband and wife team, preaching through Skype into a, a rural area, Islamic community. And they were preaching the gospel, the good news, the love of Jesus. They were releasing words of knowledge about various ailments and sicknesses and diseases that were amongst the people in this tribe. It was packed. Hundreds of people were there. We just got report yesterday that 123 people converted from Islam to Christianity. And 23 people got healed of various ailments and diseases and sicknesses. So we're terrorists for the devil, against the devil. We bring terror to the kingdom of darkness. And our weapon is love, and our weapon is the gospel, and our weapon is healing and the power of God. We're not intimidated by various people groups. We love them. Even if they persecute us, we love them. Even if they slap one side of our cheek, we turn the other. And we continue to demonstrate love and and truth. And we don't back down and we don't change who we are because of opinion polls or what seems to be opinion polls or small minority groups. We don't back down. Oh, Jan's here. Let's give Jan a round of applause. And I think Max is at one of our other campuses. Gabriel, could you come up? Let's give Gabe a round of applause. And Charity, if you are available, come up. Actually, let's stand at our feet because let's give him a hero's welcome. He's led a mission team in South America. A, a part of our initial heart for planning in Seaford and Frankston, we believed that this was not just going to be a powerful local community, but that we were going to see various, we were going to uh, see various mission groups raised up, and we were specifically going to target broken, hurt, poor, persecuted nations. And uh, Gabe and Charity have just come back from an amazing mission trip. They've been doing it for a number of years now. And I've just asked them, and we're going to have a a number of people share just briefly about some extraordinary things that are happening. So let's give it up one more time for them, and let's let's hear some. Thank you, guys. Um, It is bright up here. You're right. It's bright. Um, So we just got back on Thursday um, from our trip, and it it was amazing. So thank you for all of your prayers and and just support. Um, And like Dan said, We've been going there for years, and this was our seventh year, I believe, in Nicaragua. It's a very poor country, the second poorest in Central America. Only Haiti is poorer. So we really were with the poorest of the poor, and um, it's just eye-opening every time to go back there and to see, you know, how they live. And they really don't have much at all um, a lot of the time, but they're very amazing people, and, and a lot of them really love God. And so... 
Dan's done, he's put me under a bit of a test to share a highlight because there's just so much to share. It's like, how do you share one thing? It's a good problem, it is. So um, I was just thinking about it during worship and I think one of the things, uh, one of the testimonies that really just blew me away the most um, is a story of a little boy named Enrique and he's probably seven or eight years old and um, Oh, he he lives with his his nine brothers and sisters. Maybe charity should tell it. I don't know if I can get through it. But um nine brothers and sisters in a tiny house with a single, with just his mom, he doesn't have a dad. They live in a tiny area, maybe the size of this stage from here. That was their house. And uh, it's just pieces of tin that they found wherever and put them up and you, you wouldn't believe it, what it looks like. And little Enrique, he had a dream. He had a dream that God gave him a dream that people were going to come and build him a house. And then we showed up with all this stuff to build him a house. And yeah, give it up for Jesus. And we planned the trip. We, we planned to help build two houses. And, you know, sometimes it, it seems like it's a good idea to build a house, but this was on God's heart. He gave a, a seven-year-old a dream about this house, and it's very simple. It took us no less than half a day to build this house with just tin walls and a few, few wooden studs, but it was something that was important to God, and I think that just touched my heart to see that God would tell this little seven-year-old, I'm gonna build you a house. And his mom actually didn't believe him. She's like, what are you talking about? No one's going to build us a house. And she was like, no, you're wrong. You know, they're not going to build us a house. And, and then when we showed up, she was also just so blown away. And she couldn't believe it. And it was just so cool that God spoke to her son. And so that was a highlight for me. And then getting to, to actually build the house with him. And here's little Enrique, seven-year-old, helping us build the house. He... There's these big old buckets of water we had to move to, to make the cement, and he's there trying to lift them on his own. They weigh like twice as much as he does, but it's just beautiful to see how happy he was and excited to build this house. And, and so it's a physical thing, but it's also a spiritual thing because God told him. And so that was one that always stand out to me. And, and we actually got, we actually knew Enrique from years before we had met him with another ministry to so to get to see him again and just to, to be part of that in his life was amazing. Um, there's so many more things we could share and, um, and maybe we can get some pictures and videos together someday to show you guys. Um, 
where we were and just what it looks like and show you some of the people. And yeah, I'll let Charity share. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus is so, so good. Um, man, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> but I guess, well, we went there uh, with a team. We had 15 adults, four teens, two toddlers, and two babies. And it was a huge blast. Uh, we were there for like the 12 days. And, and like Gabe said, we got to build a couple of houses for these families that live in the trash dumps. Um, these trash dumps is one of the biggest trash dumps in the capital of Managua, in Nicaragua. And um, there is a community of about 30,000 families that live around the trash dumps. And so just to be, even be able to do a little bit was really good. Um, I think a highlight for me was, well, the team that we brought with us was from, um, it's from a church in, in South Dakota, in the United States, and a lot of them haven't seen miracles and haven't experienced that, and it was the first time for them to um, pray for people, and and so when, when, when they were on the trip with us, it was really fun to see them get activated, and they started to pray with us for people on the streets, and saw healings and miracles, and some of the teen girls actually got up to preach, and um, like they, you know, people were just blessed, and they were getting blessed, and we were getting really blessed, and, and it was just such an amazing time, and, and having our little boys on the trip with us too was really fun, and they just, like Elisha was just out playing with the local kids, and you know, he just ran right up to them and played with them, and so it was really fun for us as a family to be able to do ministry together as a family and at the same time seeing people get saved seeing people get healed just hearing the gospel preached was really good and we were there for an event that was called one nation one day and it was a crazy crazy night it was thunderstorms and our whole team were drenched we got we were riding to that uh, town on the back of a truck and then it started pouring rain, um, and we were like, oh my gosh, everyone in our team is going to get soaked, because the, the journey is not a 10-minute journey, it's like an hour and a half journey, <laughs> and then somehow we were able, this bus came along, and our, our people jumped off the truck and got on the bus and made way, but when we got to the, when we got to the town, um, it was, people were the floods of people getting drawn. There's a crusade there that was held by some, by an organization, um, and it was drawing 30,000 people from all over, and and people were just running. The rain was not stopping them. The thunderstorms was not stopping them. People were going in the muds and getting wet, and it was like 30,000 people there just to hear Jesus' name being preached, you know, and that was really powerful. Um, and then to top it all for us personally, my personal favorite because we've got, some of you might know Chris and Lara and their family came with us too. And our personal, my personal favorite really was getting to see Chris and Lara um, praying for people together. And, and they were doing that together as a couple and that was really special. And then we got to hear 
um, Lara stepping out and preaching the word and sharing a testimony too. And so that's really, really special. And so um, we got to feed hundreds of kids. Like we fed about 300 kids a day for like four or five days at a time. And we, were, we got to go into trash dumps, we got to build people homes. But then it was also great to um, know that the people, that the local people that were touched, and it was really amazing to see God's hand at work, seeing their miracles being, you know, miracles happening. But it was also really special to see people on our team that came with us that got empowered too. They left, they left Nicaragua knowing that life cannot be the same again you know in the normal Christianity this is what it should look like just just loving people everywhere they go so that was definitely a highlight let's give them another big shout out the heroes welcome Nicaragua, that's how you pronounce it, right? Nicaragua. Oops. It's a bit of a tough one for the Aussies. I've noticed it's Nicaragua. Nicaragua. It's in Central America, so it's, um, it goes Mexico, and then you've got some smaller ones like Guatemala, Belize, and then a bit further down is Nicaragua. It's, it's very close to South America, a few countries up. Central America, yeah. I'll stick with Central America. Awesome. <laughs> Glory to God. So Pakistan got stormed with heaven. Central America got stormed with heaven. Listen, we've got a special message now from some people that we love, that a dearly beloved couple, an Aussie couple that have laid their life down for the last couple of years. They have been in an area in the northern north part of Mozambique, they purposely chose that area when others didn't want it because it was the one of the last, in fact, it is the last unreached area in Mozambique because Heidi and Roland and all the team are doing such a wonderful job. Mozambique is, is changing big time. But they are, um, Ash and Roz, uh, leaders in the last unreached area and they are literally seeing so many churches planted, like hundreds of churches planted in the bush bush in the northern north and they're doing a wonderful job and they've got a special message uh for us a shout out a hello so greg if we could put that on now let's let's hear from those guys hey guys there from fire church and dan and chelsea we just wanted to um put a short video out to say thank you to you guys for all your um support and help and um we, we heard you're coming over in uh, October. Yay. We're excited about that and we've been planning with Heidi and Laura and the team to come up on the plane so you guys can stay with us for a bit. So we're so excited. And Ross? We just want to say thank you so much for all your help and your support and your prayers. We really feel them, um, all your prayers. We feel them over here when we're doing the work of God. Uh, we've seen so much breakthrough, so many incredible things that God is doing here, and it would not be possible without you guys. So we just wanted to say a real thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and we're praying for you. We pray for your vision, for the incredible things that God is doing through your church in Australia yeah. as well. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. God bless you again, Fire. Yeah, ciao. 
Beautiful. So in October, uh, Heidi has uh, requested that I go and teach in the school in Pemba, in their, their harvest school in Pemba. So I'm going to head over there for a few days, and then they're going to their, their little plane, they're going to fly me over, and I'm going to be able to see and catch up with Ash and Roz, which I haven't done since they've been there, which is amazing. So please keep that in prayer. Keep me in prayer. I'll give you more uh, details uh, closer to the date. I'd love to be able to bring a big gift for uh, Heidi and Roland and their team and also personally for Ash and Roz as well. So maybe we can think of some creative things and for their kids and because they've got the whole family, their young kids there too. So maybe we can really bless them and I'll bring a suitcase full of gifts from us. Um, so I'll give you more details closer to the date as well. All right, I'm going to wrap up pretty soon, but Man, I've just been so blessed by what's been taking place. As I said, I'm in lockdown and lockout at the moment. Uh, this uh, next two to three weeks of uh, prayer, fasting, and in the Word. Greg, if you get a chance, can you just come up? Uh, so I haven't been in the office this week, but man, it's blessed my heart to see this venue. By the way, all this is—we don't get any government fund or anything like that. And this this place we lease. It costs a lot of money on an annual basis, a monthly basis, and we're able to we're able to do so much in this venue because of your faithfulness and because of your giving. And uh, as a result of your giving, we're able to bless Ash and Roz. We're able to do a whole bunch of things, not just locally but internationally. And this week we had twenty on on the when. Wednesday where we had downstairs and upstairs happening. So we're like, how many students down here? So 25 like students that are in a semi-full-time uh, students where they have a full Wednesday, a full Thursday, and then three hours on a Friday night. And then the Living Free crew who are also up, occupying upstairs and doing a phenomenal job. And I think there was like 20 or 30 people. So this building is a, a hive of activity, of Jesus activity during the week on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We had like 30 or 40 people gathering for the outreach last week. And even though it was a cold winter Melbourne night, gathering together to go and go into the highways and byways and hit the streets. So for me personally, that blesses my heart because I see the heart of the fivefold, and I see the heart of God wanting to see Christ in all of us, wanting to see the teacher activated, wanting to see the pastor activated, the evangelist activated, and this not just to be a building that we just gather on a Sunday and then it's pointless and useless for the rest of the week, but every day, except Monday, every day, often actually the music team sometimes use it on Monday, every day there's something happening, Jesus, we're bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, and so let's give Jesus some praise for that. So Greg heads up, uh, he's in the office of, of teacher uh, at, at this point of time and, and he heads up our school and he has a team that works for him, Jacinta. We have an intern pastor, Andrew, from the Gippsland area that does a wonderful job of the pastoral element of the school. And so I've just asked Greg to come up and just share one of the many, many testimonies already as a result of the school. So let's give it up for Greg. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So um, I don't think she's here, but Bolu's been like, I haven't even told you, but she's just been so amazing. Like she's just been setting everything up and she's been kind of interning in the church. So that's been really good. But um, yeah, like I had, um, 
um, just because of schedules and stuff. I had two back-to-back -back sessions the other day, um, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Usually Dan or Chelsea or Max will take the other session, but um, these guys have all got other stuff on. So I had two sessions and um, like, I mean, I had more than enough to preach. I had like 40 pages just on this one subject, but um, I really felt the Holy Ghost saying, you know, like, um, it's not gonna go that way this afternoon. And so I just started like, you know, like I just looked out and I'd see people and the Holy Ghost was on them. So I just got them up and, you know, there was a number of people that just got up to minister. And, you know, it just, it so blessed me just to see the hearts, you know, the hungry hearts. And, um, you know, if you will remain yielded and humble, like God will teach you through anyone. You know, and I'm sitting there getting taught, you know, and just seeing these hearts that are just so tender towards the Lord's. And there I am in the front just weeping, you know, just seeing the goodness of God, you know, ministering to me, you know. And so that's what this school is all about, you know, that it's not just about me or Dan or Chelsea or whoever, but it's about the Holy Ghost having His way in each and every person so that they can come into the fullness of their call and they can be sent out as the missionary and the pastor and the prophet and the evangelist or the doctor or the lawyer filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And you know, like Friday night we had, um, we don't have a band just yet, but we've got um, a subscription to Bethel. So Bethel just gets on the big screen and it's just amazing. And we just had the most wild night. I, I literally, I was like, running around and we're all dancing and I thought I, I just feel like running through a wall right now you know just because there was just so much fire and energy and glory there and see this is what happens when the saints come together one puts a thousand to flight two puts ten thousand to flight and this is what happens when we come together in unity and it's not just here at the school but it's here when we come together in unity that the Lord Jesus Christ can have his way and it's not me and it's not Dan I mean Dan you know you hear it out of Dan's mouth, you see it on him. It's not him, it's not me, it's not any of us. It's Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit having his way in the church, in his bride, in the people, so that they can grow up and truly see who they've become, who God's made them through his precious blood. That we don't sell our lives cheap. He purchased your life with his blood, he doesn't want you to sell it for nothing. It's not just that He's got a job for you to do. He loves you. He's got glory awaiting you if you'll just yield and say yes to God. But I'm just so, I'm so blessed by these students. Amazing, hungry students. And um, yeah, I love all you guys too. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. So uh, I did plan on having a few others up, but we've run out of time this morning. But what I might do is invite some of our leaders that are, are a part of the uh, operating in the fivefold and in terms of leading the pastoral area, leading the teacher uh, gift. Um, so Greg involved in that. Uh, to be a part of our ministry team, we're going to pray for some people uh, this morning as well to finish up. So let's all stand at our feet. I might invite the band, the, the full band back up if we can. I think we might finish on a song of, I think there's, I mean, what we have just heard is phenomenal. Let's give Jesus some praise. Come on. In three different broken, poor, persecuted nations, 
we are causing so much damage to the kingdom of darkness and Jesus is reigning and freedom is reigning. And then what's happening locally amongst our people is just so beautiful, so wonderful. And uh, I'd love to sing a song of uh, celebration. What have we got on our, on our list here? Yeah, that house fire, joy. Joy sounds good. Who wants to sing joy? Who feels like they got joy in their heart this morning? I do. Let's sing it. And then we're going to, we're going to finish. I'm going to call people forward. We're going to do an altar call. If you don't know Jesus, definitely come forward because you're going to be able to meet Him today. He can come into your life, give you a brand new start. And anyone that needs healing for anything, come forward. Listen, if, if you feel like that there's something stirring in your heart in the way of uh, you believed you're called specifically to the five-fold ministry, I want, to, I want you to come forward. We want to pray for you. Uh, and also, if you're struggling understanding what your destiny is, what your call is, I feel like specifically we want to pray for you as well at some point. So, hey, feel free to come forward now if that's you, and we're going to finish off with a song together as a family. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one, or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au. Thank you.